So, okay, here's my question. Yeah. I was out last night for dinner, and the menu said 18-ounce pint. And so then my dad's like, that's not a true pint. A true pint's 20. And I said, yeah, there's a thing in Alberta, and I think guess Canada, that has laws against calling something a pint when it's not. Unless you call it an 18-ounce right, pint. Right, right. So then I learned <laughs> that as long as you specify how big your pint is, you're okay. This right. is actually like prime East meets West territory because apparently a few years ago, Calgary had big problems with that. Like they went out and tested a bunch of places that were calling what they poured pints when they were not in fact pints. Right. If and anything. Specifying how much it actually was. It just it makes you wish that there was some standardized system of measurement that we could use instead of the, you know, uh, interpretation laden imperial. If only (laughs) there was a way if only there was like an international system of units and measures. If only some sort of standard international system of units. It seems like, I don't know, maybe the French would come up with something like that and it would be système international or whatever they might call it. But yeah, that would just Alas, be weird, my car gets four furlongs to the hog's head and I mean, that's the way people like it. <laughs> uh, so I'm reading here on the Wikipedia entry for beer bottle. Under large bottles, it says in the United States, bottles are 22 U.S. fluid ounces, colloquially called a bomber. The European and Australian standard large bottle is 750 milliliters. In South Africa and Canada, they are referred to as a quart. In Australia, they are known colloquially as a long neck or tolly. In Canada, they are also known as mighty beers. Notice they said colloquially known as a quart. Right, so they call it a quart. Just like a pint is called a pint, even though it's not a pint. Right, just like the bottle wasn't actually 750 milliliters, it was 710. Well, thank God that's sorted. It doesn't actually seem that sorted. You guys seem pretty upset about it still. I, no, I, I understand now. I understand what you're talking about. You made a okay. mistake, and we accept your apology. <laughs> See, if you call that a court, that's not even close to being a court. No. At not least, literally, no. At least 18 ounces. Literally. Like, well, not literally. I mean, in the sense of the true word, court, it doesn't make sense, but... Like, at least but 18 is ounces is close to being to 20. Yeah. But what I'm hearing is you had three pints. Uh, I had, yeah, a little less than three pints. Which is like a pitcher. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, I could always, I always found that a pitcher was like the true turning point of an evening. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you turn back after finishing one pitcher, like, you know, it's it's recoverable, but... Yeah. If you choose to go down the rabbit hole, it's it's going to get messy tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I, and that's what I did. I stopped. So I was good. I just I feel it now. Yeah. Yeah. We are we are getting older. <sighs> I think actually every time I've had a pitcher in my life, if I've had a pitcher or more, I have been feeling bad. Not bad, but just not great. See, I've I've had two lion pints before. Are we making up new things now? No. Was this at a bar or a pub called the Lion? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they, they were calling it a Lion Pint. I, I assumed that was a thing, but apparently it's not. Because they were lying about the fact that it was actual pint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they're calling it 24-ounce Lion Pint. Okay. 
Like his lines are large. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> but not the largest animal because... It doesn't seem relevant, but it's true. <laughs> but because it's not like a rhino pint. Right. Are rhinos bigger than lions? Well, sorry, that's Mass a stupid wh- question. Yes, they are. But So <laughs> if you had like a blue whale pint, that would be a quart. That would be quite large. But like an actual quart. We need to come up with a system of animal units or drinks. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> so this espresso, I'm going to say that's like... Uh, Mouse? Uh, no, no. Um, like a a terrier coffee? Because it would be like a full coffee, but to something the size of a terrier. Okay. I suppose. Right. So are we sticking with dogs for coffee then? And then African wild animals for beer? Well, coffee isn't quite as wild a beverage, (laughs) but it makes you happy and upbeat like a dog would be. That's fair. (laughs) Thank God we, we are here to solve the world's problems, right? You guys, Mobile World Congress happened. Mm -hmm. It did. Um, Mike, you wanted me to introduce Mobile World Congress news. So I'll tell you. Um, LG released a phone, the G5, Samsung released a phone, the S7, and I guess the S7 Edge. Uh, some VR stuff happened, I guess that's pretty exciting. But other than that, I don't know. I was underwhelmed. I, this is my first mobile world Congress that I covered from a news perspective. So there was stuff that happened. Things got announced. And after we recorded last week, I did some writing about what was announced, but it was not super exciting. Did, what did you find, Mike? I I heard about the G5 and mm-hmm. the magic slot that was rumored that we had talked about in previous weeks. Uh, it looks to actually be a fairly handy implementation. People were kind of impressed and, I don't know about controversial, but I guess it has a capability of putting in a second battery of some sort. Yeah. Like, you will expand the battery capacity through this magic slot. Uh, similar to how battery cases work, I guess. Um, yeah, I, the way I understood it, there were different modules you could right, put in. Yeah. So you could slot in an yeah. extra battery module. You could slot in a camera module. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all kinds of different things. So so it almost seems like it's trending toward the modular phone design. Yeah. But I think at a level where everyone's comfortable with and it's not super out there that no one's going to buy into it. Like, I think it's it's a practical implementation of it. And worst case is people don't use the magic slot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it comes with just a cover over it if you're not using it. But I, I, I think it's a good change to the current offerings or the previous offerings, I guess, where they're actually trying to do something different, where normally Samsung would be the ones to kind of try something like that. So, Right. Uh, and on on that note, is the S7 and Edge much different than the s6 and the Um, s6 edge first what i'll say i just want to one of your microphones is like wobbling and i don't know which one but check wobbling i just hear like a anyways um first of all so on the on the g5 the magic slot is it it's more like a like a compact flash slot where it's like a th- or like a Game Boy cartridge, it's right. it's like a the whole chin of the phone comes off, 
and okay. you like it's almost like a the magazine on a gun where you have to like take it out and then slot the whole thing in but it's like in it's like the main body inside the phone right which is a pretty weird implementation if i'm being honest but i guess that's that's where we're going um what i have heard is the s7 is kind of taking the best things about previous generations and bringing them back it's almost like survivor they keep having like all-star episodes or seasons <laughs> right where they bring back all the best stuff so like this one has an sd slot where i think last year's didn't like oh. there's anytime something was sort of complained about being removed they they've brought some of those things back some of the best ones hmm. well, i guess people like their sd slots i don't really want one but <laughs> i have one i'm not using it right now but we we mm-hmm. found it actually quite useful when we were on holiday and we had pictures that we had taken on our point and shoot because it has okay. a waterproof case and just, you know, an optical zoom and all that kind of stuff and better, uh, image processing in a right. sense, megapixel wise it, our phones were actually better, but the camera <laughs> itself was seen to take better pictures. Right. Uh, but we were able to buy a micro SD with the adapter, use it with the camera and then swap the micro SD to the phone to actually upload and, send share pictures and, and share mm-hmm. the pictures yeah versus either you know plugging into a computer and then doing it through there or getting a wi-fi camera or you know a wi-fi sd card any of that kind of s- stuff it's it's a lot easier when you have the ability to swap out the sd from one device to the other so uh that's what we were able to do and so the sd slot came in handy for that but on a day-to-day basis i don't really need it because i don't carry music uh on my person i just use a radio or podcast and i've never really encountered a time where that's what's taking up the most room usually it's apps and okay. previously i'd been limited to 16 gigabyte uh capacity so my current phone has 32 now so i'm should be set right with that for the most part for the foreseeable future anyway yeah the nice thing to me about the the s7 is even though they added back this extra slot They've actually managed to rate it as waterproof now. Oh. And so they they didn't actually add any slot to put the SD card back. What they did was um, in the SIM tray, there's just an extra slot beside it where you put the SD card, which I thought was kind of a neat implementation. That's how most are. But both phones that I've had SD slots have had that implementation. Like, like behind like the there's battery. There's a tray that yeah. slides out and has both? Oh, in the actual tray. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so no, mine, mine, the S, the SIM is behind the battery because it's a removable battery. So you take the right. battery out and then put the SIM and the SD behind the battery in its own slots. So this one, does it have a removable battery? I don't remember. It, it, if it has the tray, it sounds like it wouldn't because I think... The, yeah, I, I think it wouldn't. Yeah. But, yeah. That's impressive that it has an SD tray or a SIM tray and is waterproof. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not bad. And they all, like, they did, I think it was Verizon or something, one of the American carriers did an unboxing underwater. So that was a pretty interesting take <laughs> on on uh, making unboxing videos interesting. Right. Huh. But yeah, they, overall, other than those two announcements, I think most of the stuff that came out is just not interesting at all. What happened in VR that you were, you were saying? I mean, there was a, there's a camera that Samsung is making with their oh, that, S7. Yeah. Um, 
it's like a three there's a 360 camera and there's a vr headset that goes with it which is i mean it looks cool but we'll see we'll see how 360 and vr gets I, i still think it's kind of in the in the nascent era where it'll be big in a few years but it's not there yet but we'll see there's another i can't remember if it was sony or lg that released like four or five i think they're like connected devices that they they increase the connectivity of your home for various things i know that's not saying anything but (laughs) i I know i know that was that was a thing they're like oh so-and-so's came with you know literally four or five different devices that were connected home focused but i I can't remember off the top of my head what it was clearly they were very big announcements but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't know it's it's weird because we we found the ces underwhelming and this was underwhelming I, i don't know are we just too accustomed to news like i think the news cycles change that you just hear about stuff anyway like yeah you don't, you don't need, need a huge that event, big right yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what it's supposed to be i think like samsung and lg are big enough that they could stand on their own and make their own announcements like apple already has done that they used to kind of go to conferences and show off stuff at them but now they just have their own events it's more for the smaller guys to get people like journalists and stuff to come to the events i'm assuming that lg and samsung get paid a little bit of money to come and show right. off their stuff at these events because otherwise there's really no reason for any journalists to go. It's just, it'll just be a bunch of people selling stuff back and forth to one another. Right. But that, those are the big draws that get people to actually come out. And then they're like, it's in Barcelona. So you get journalists to Barcelona, they're going to like check out other stuff than just, just the two big phones. Right. Yeah. But, you, but in general, yeah, you're right. I think. With those kind of big like CES and Mobile World Congress, that's really what it is, is it's just, it's a place to get the smaller manufacturers to come. Well, I think CES is a good place for that as far as the literal consumer electronics goes, because you don't have Sony making smart vacuums, right? But you have someone out of wherever, you know, place in California that's trying to enter the market with this, right? So, right. and I think it, it offers them a chance to at the very least have other people, like other companies there to look into their product and possibly buy them or hire them or whatever, right? Like I think it serves that dual purpose versus a stage for the big players. Right. And it, and yeah, and, the, you know, consumer electronics isn't giant for, for the big players, like the same way that phones and computers are. Yeah. So, Nick, can I ask you a question? I want to know, as a layperson, what did you hear anything that came out of Mobile World Congress? Are you like you're still not in the in the phone buying mood? So, well, I will say that I think for people who might have been watching that last segment, in which <laughs> I actually got up and left for a second, <laughs> I think. That'll tell you all you need to know about my sentiments towards Mobile World Congress this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty much how all of us felt. When's the next uh, Google Nexus coming out? I mean, the phone will probably come out in the fall. Okay. That'll be exciting. Yeah. 
that it really is that's what you stick yeah. around for now and and to clarify it's not it wouldn't be a google nexus like google's not the be. manufacturer a well nexus. it could be that. i guess okay fine an it ish, could be like a nexus the <laughs> yeah 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 six nexus six are we on now the 6p was yeah the 6p was the last one so okay could be seven could be i don't think it will be well windows <laughs> that, that, that 7 would, that would imp- <laughs> Windows I, 7 was that, great, so I guess... I feel like there's already been a Nexus 7. But. I feel like there already has as well. Uh, oh, man. At a certain point, I don't know when, oh, it's, when it is, but these numbers are getting too high again. You can't... Well, they're going to have to start over. Okay, so let, let's let's talk about that. Because, Rob, you have, a, you have a note on here regarding another phone that's, yeah. that, that we're expecting. The, yeah, the rest of our follow-up I was saying is is all pre-follow-up because it hasn't actually happened yet. There's just things that we've talked about in the past that have been announced uh, or are coming. So, yeah, the the iPhone, there was a rumor we talked about the iPhone 5Z. That was how I was pronouncing it at the time because it was the 5SE Special Edition. And I I, I was looking through the uh, the archives of 9to5Mac because it's Mark Gurman from, from 9to5Mac that keeps reporting these things and being right. Every time he wrote the iPhone 5SE when he was reporting that it was a, a rumor that was uh, that he had sourced, he put 5SE in qu- in single quotes as though it's like the, the moniker, but it's not actually necessarily the name they're going to ship with. And then this week they, they announced um, – <laughs> it's actually funny. You now – the articles that came out yesterday when the, the Apple event was that was that is rumored to be happening in March got pushed back a week. They were saying – Apple event delayed. It's like, well, they didn't actually announce anything. So it's, not, <laughs> it's not really delayed. Um, but th- this phone has apparently for the official shipping phone, it'll, it will drop the five, which makes sense because they're on the sixth generation now. And it's just going to be the iPhone SE and it'll be kind of the, the cheaper, colorful phone, the one that you get for your 13 year old if they need their first, if you want to get them their first iPhone, which Again, may not be necessary. I'm not making passing judgment on that, but it's like the the new cheapest phone you get that's probably going to be zero dollars on contract or ninety nine dollars on contract. And uh, I'm I'm very intrigued now because it seems more like as opposed to being a two year old phone, it seems more like it's just going to be the like almost a modern phone, just smaller, just four inches, and that that gives me much more hope than than them sticking kind of two-year-old internals into a different sized case or a different shaped case yeah you mentioned the intent of the 5c what it was yeah being colorful and what you buy for your kid this one in like in on paper it probably is a similar uh standard of device as far as internal specs go but it seems like they're making it less expensive variant that's that's equally as nice looking and that you'd be as proud to have as the six variants yeah um so so i think and and i think maybe because you know kids in general would want a nice looking phone too they wouldn't necessarily want the teeny bobber looking phone right like they want the same kind their parents have and that steve jobs has or whatever well, not Steve Jobs these days. But, <laughs> Too <laughs> you know soon. What I, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> that like they, they want to emulate, you know, people they look up to. They don't want to be treated like a kitty with a little kitty phone, right? Um, 
And it's it's funny because since yeah, the since it, the rumor broke of the SE versus the five SE, all the news sites have been reporting it as SE now. Like yeah, so Mark Gurman's got quite a bit of clout in the Apple News. He world. really does. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, w- before we leave this this story, I'm I'm tied to this the the second thing that came out about the new iPad. The fact that it's going to apparently be a smaller iPad Pro as opposed to being a new iPad Air. And this is particularly relevant to me because mine is getting super old and I want to get a new one. But also uh, for Valentine's Day, I bought Julia an iPad and I told her at the time in about a month, they're probably going to be releasing a new one. So let me know if you want to wait. Like we'll have for two weeks, try it out, which the two weeks ends on, on Wednesday um, try it out. And then if you don't, if you want to get the new one, I'll just take it back. And in a couple of weeks, I'll get you the, the new one when it comes out. So I'm very intrigued because I, it might mean that we have a new iPad that is professional. Like we can get a pencil too. You mean and Julia will have a new iPad. There will be a new iPad in the house. <laughs> I'm, I'm petitioning to also get one, but we'll see how that goes. So I, I, yeah. I thought you guys had an iPad already. Yeah, okay. but it's, it's like four years old now. And that one's yours. Mine's the newest one, and I think it came out end of 2012. Okay. I'm I'm very behind. So did Julie have an old one as well? She has the one that came out just before mine. Okay. The last iPad that wasn't Lightning. Okay. Whoa, that's really old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's super like, old. Like with like the giant like plug-in thing? Yeah. It's like, I don't pin. know how many pins, but yeah. 30. The iPod style pin? Is that Was that a joke? I don't know how many pins it has. You'd have to count them all. <laughs> No, that I are never mind. There's a Twitter called, conversation about like, oh, actually, it's 24 pins. Oh, actually, it's 30. Like, I just, I don't know. It's different generate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In stark contrast, on Valentine's Day, Kai and I went to Body <laughs> Worlds, which I'm actually surprised we didn't talk about on Future Chat. Birthday. What is that? Did I just hear birthday yelled? <laughs> yeah, it's it was, not Valentine's Day. It's her birthday. That's yeah, true. No, yes. I know. I know. It is Kai's <laughs> birthday and Ferris Wheel Day. That is that is how we celebrate it. Um, so what Body, is Body Worlds isn't new though. You've we went not to Body seen... Worlds like six years ago, five years ago. Yeah, have you not seen Body Worlds? My, er, is it Rob? the thing with the naked, not naked, skinless people and like? <laughs> I mean, Scandalous! they are naked. <laughs> <laughs> they are naked in that they're not wearing clothes, but they don't yeah. have much of their skin either. Right. And often they peeled off a lot of the muscle. It's really yeah. cool. Is it supposed so, to be romantic? Well, if you have like the actual anatomical heart there plasticized in front of you from a dead person, who needs mm-hmm. the weird cartoonish version? I suppose that is true. Like Body Worlds did come out five or six years ago. I like as far as addressing your question, Nick, I, I think that's probably why yeah. we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Oh no, it's just because uh it finally came or it finally finally while we were here it came to tell us spark right mm. i i'd seen it in new york prior oh, okay I don't know. but right. rob highly recommend it yeah like cool well i was actually in new york for valentine's day that was our like valentine's day thing mm. and then came back to a new ipad so wow. did, did you did you buy the ipad in the states no it probably would have been cheaper there it would not. I checked. Oh, did you? Yeah. They adjusted the prices. And so, yeah, more expensive there. Not by much, but it, it's not cheap enough to make it worthwhile. Right. Sneak also, it past Border Patrol. You, 
probably have to, well, if you were being honest, honest. about it, you'd have to <laughs> declare it on your way back, depending on how long you were there. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'd have to declare it, but I don't think we'd have to pay anything for it. It depends on the mood of the order guy. <laughs> well, it, no, it, like actually. Yeah, legally, it depends on how much you purchased during your stay and how long your stay was. Right. Yeah. I think we would have been under the limit, but not by much, probably. I see. I think it's 800 bucks. I don't. It depends on how long you were there. Like four, three or four days. That sounds It's reasonable. all very dependent. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll stick to my very small follow up. I'm really excited actually more to follow up on this next week because, like I said, the rest of our follow up hasn't happened yet. But I ordered Soylent 2.0 on Thursday and it's coming on Monday, tomorrow. And I'm very excited because it's different. I have heard very good things. I also think it's interesting because I guess that's never what Soylent wanted. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't. Because they were their whole vision, or I forget the founder's name, but his whole vision was Rob you know, Reinhardt. You had this powder that could just be transported everywhere for cheap because it's powder. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that would be like the most efficient method of calorie nutrition delivery out there. Yeah. And then people wanted bottles, and he's like, fine I'll give up on my dream it's cool yeah i think his name was ted soyland founder's name theodore his, his name soyland is rob reinhardt peers <laughs> but so yeah i actually ordered 12 bottles and i also ordered just the seven days of powder <laughs> mostly i wanted i wanted i want to try it i'm not against trying it but yeah. i like the powder and but julia wants to she doesn't get along with the powder just yeah. taste wise and texture wise. And I'll so I'll give you an update on, she's gonna try on our Soylent journey because yeah, sure. Maria jumped on the Soylent train <laughs> and at first she found it disgusting because she was making it wrong. But <laughs> after she started making it correctly and having it sit in the fridge, yeah. she, she actually likes the taste. Like act, like actually likes it. Not not just tolerates it, but she's like, Yeah, right. I like it. So mm-hmm. there you go. So it takes some getting There's used to. It does. It's an acquired taste. I still like it better with blueberries. I'll, I'll point out, Rob, that your whole thing against coffee and people saying it's an acquired taste, your your response is, well, why would I want to try to like something that I don't like? So, Well, yeah, I, I understand that. The, the difference being that I don't take any benefits. I, personally, I don't take any benefits from coffee. Okay, Rob. I'm not saying there aren't any. I don't. I don't say you people are crazy for liking coffee. I do. Uh, s- maybe sometimes the extent to which people like coffee confuses me, but I don't. I don't hate the coffee drinkers. I just don't like the coffee for myself. Okay. Have you ever That's met? Have you ever met a crackhead, Rob, who is just <laughs> all about crack? No. Because of how good it makes you feel. <laughs> now, what if? What if, you know, not quite as extreme and life-destroying, but similar sort of deal, but you actually enjoy the taste and smell, too? And it's socially acceptable. Yeah, and <laughs> totally legal. Because the withdrawal <laughs> symptoms won't kill you. You're saying a lot of things right now. <laughs> we are saying a lot of things right now. Rob, it seems like you're drawing comparisons that aren't fair. Come over to the dark side, Rob. <laughs> I, I'm never going to. The I'll never join wait. you. Just, just try it, Rob. Just try an ice cap. Try a frappuccino. You I can barely I taste the coffee. 
Oh, the Dairy Queen Moo Lattes. They are oh, to no. die for. I forgot about those. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first coffee beverage I actually enjoyed. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to do that, but you can keep trying. Um, so, yeah, Soylent, I'll report back next week on how the bottles work out. I, I, I probably won't try them because it's easier for me. Like, like Rob Reinhardt, the founder of Soylent, I am probably... Like the reason that I like the Soylent powder is that I can just bring a bag to work and that's a week's worth of meals. I don't have to carry liters of water along with me to do that. Is it water or is it oil? Water. Well, it's not an oil-based beverage. Well, Boost is. That's what I'm asking. Like as far as what's inside the bottle to make it liquidy. It's just oil, really, and Boost? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How do you... That's horrible. Read the ingredient. Well, I don't, okay, I'll clarify. I don't know if it's just water. I can't imagine combining oil and water, though. I was going to say there's got to be an emulsifier in there because otherwise that's – like how can you drink a little bottle of oil for less than 500 calories? It just doesn't make <laughs> sense. Yeah. I, I imagine there's some to, water in there. I was going to say, but your skin and hair would be totally shiny and beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so the last piece of our pre-follow-up. Okay. Last week we real-time were talking. Follow, real-time follow-up, it does have water. But some, it also, also, it also has, it says less than 2% of vegetable oil, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So it is okay. apparently mostly water and milk protein concentrate. So hmm, my apologies makes... to Boost for giving them a bad rap. <laughs> they still get a bad rap, just not for that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Uh, yeah, so SpaceX it was doing their, their mission. Uh, apparently, this is a much heavier mission, and so it requires much faster speeds. They were supposed to be doing it right after our show last week. They ended up scrubbing that for the weather, and then it was postponed to Monday last week, and they postponed that as well due to weather, which means for an entire week, we were sitting there waiting, wondering when they were going to do this. And I looked in this morning, they're saying they're going to try to go today. So almost immediately after we record this show and then with a backup for of tomorrow again. And I'm going to be and at work. I know. Well, it's at 647 Eastern. So you might not be or you might be just getting out. Also, <gasps> I just realized this. Tomorrow is draft day and I have the day off. It's. But it's not draft day, it's trade deadline day. Or trade deadline day, sorry. <laughs> I have a draft in the middle of this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put my <laughs> throw my leaf sweater on over my boxers and just spend the day like that. It's gonna be beautiful. <laughs> We're so, gonna get all so the Nick, picks. Are are you gonna <laughs> Are you guys gonna get Stamkos? Are are, uh, are you gonna get Stamkos? Hashtag Stamcock twenty sixteen, Mike. Get on the train. <laughs> Stamcock. <laughs> it's all going according to plan. <laughs> All of it. Get, I get didn't rid think of... any of it was possible. We got <laughs> Loophole Lou Lamarillo. We got uh, Brandon Shanahan with the Shanna plan. We got Mike Babcock. <laughs> What's impossible? What's well, impossible got... now? You guys got rid of Reimer. No, we you didn't. got rid of. The... Don't, yeah, you don't, did. You no. guys. What? Oh, did... you didn't. Is this the first I'm hearing of this? Did, Nick, did no, you not hear you about this not yesterday? Hear about that? <laughs> oh my god! I was living under a rock yesterday. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my wow. god. No! 
This is the best. Oh, God. I was at the Home and Garden show. I didn't look at my phone all day. No. Oh, that's so good. That's what why. That? <laughs> nobody. No one. Nobody I'm good. Like, we traded Jeremy Morin. Okay. For Alex Stalock. That's not quite. That's not quite Stamcock. It's close. <laughs> a conditional fourth rounder. <laughs> Jesus. You know, so, okay, can I, Nick, the the condition of that fourth round pick is if they get uh if they if the Sharks make it to the Stanley Cup finals, it goes it moves up one round from fifth to fourth round pick. <laughs> oh. oh, I love this. I love that <laughs> this is live. All the bad words. I'm going to say all of them, every last one of them. (laughs) That that was the best reaction I could have hoped for. Why? How did you not hear about this all day? Uh, He doesn't follow TSN. You got to follow TSN on Facebook, Nick. Facebook? Twitter? Or Twitter, whatever. Well, he doesn't use Twitter, so. Like, you didn't watch the game? You didn't? What happened? No, I didn't do anything yesterday. I was hanging out with Kaya's family. <laughs> There's your problem. <laughs> Nick, they don't you, watch you did, hockey. <laughs> Nick, what are the, what's your advice? Religion, family, friends. These, These are, are the, the three demons, demons you must, must slay. To be successful in life. And to yeah. follow the NHL. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, damn it. <laughs> what? Oh, this is... I mean, he's a pending UFA, but God, sign him. His record with the Leafs is 188, 85, and 76. And the Leafs were terrible when he was in goal. Are we going on with the show? Like, do I have to do this? I think you have to do this. Do you need time to mourn? Yes. (laughs) Optimus Rhyme. The Rhine Minister of Defense is gone. <laughs> you, know, you know your team's good when it's not a defenseman. That's the Rhine Minister of Defense. It's true. That's really true. No, also on our that- team, that was Dion Phaneuf, and now he's gone too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, P.S. Everyone booed him last night. Every time he touched the puck. Oh, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. Wait, where? Who? In Calgary. Oh, in Calgary. Calgary. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Except, man, you know, so he good. got traded, so... Yeah, I know. I, I was confused, too, but I joined in, so you I was left out. You see, Leafs fans always booed Alfredson. And that made sense because of... Well, you can read about it in my blog. But <laughs> he had a dirty hit on Darcy Tucker in the playoffs, which led to a goal. And it was just never called off. So just forever onwards, we booed him. When he was with the Senators... When he was with the Detroit Red Wings, we booed him. And then when a Leafs captain touched the puck in Ottawa, they booed the captain because they were like, You'll show you, you boo our captain. We will boo your captain. <laughs> we are Ottawa <laughs> Senators fans. <laughs> so um I'm gonna I'm gonna get this back on track and That's fine. We're gonna care. keep Do watching. What you want. This is yeah, nothing else matters. I'm just, I'm going to be reading. 
<laughs> Have fun, guys. <laughs> so SpaceX, we'll, we'll keep updated. But uh, the one thing that I think is important to note about this latest one is that apparently they need to get this rocket. They need to get the payload of this rocket to really high speeds. That's just, I mean, it's one of the things that needs to do is boost it up to really high speeds. So this rocket's going to be going really fast by the time it kind of needs to come back to Earth. Like it's going to be fast almost in orbit. And so they're saying that the while the mission is still to have the booster try to land on the uh, ocean drone or on the drone ship, they're probably not going to land it. They're already saying this is not like this is we're going to try it. But really, this probably isn't going to work because it's going to be going very fast. So and it which also means that it needs to use like it was going really fast and it needs to go even faster, which means that they need to use even more fuel, which means there's less fuel to try to land it. And so really they're like, we're going to, we'll go for it, but this is, it might just literally just slam down on the drone ship and just explode completely. So we'll have to see. I wonder if SpaceX is actually making money on these missions or if it's more approaching it as subsidized research. So they're still spending money on it. It's just supplemented by the government's. Uh, I think there's some money, but the goal is to lower the cost even more. Right. What I mean is, like, do you think, like, if they're having to actually, re, like, build new uh, thrusters and all kind of stuff every time, are they getting fully paid to cover those costs? Or is it, like, the government's paying, you know, whatever? So they're, like, like as in SpaceX would be doing this research anyway, is more that they have the chance to do missions while they're at it and get subsidized right. for it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I think they still do, but I think their goal is overall to make it cheaper. Yeah. Later, later on. Yeah. Anyways, um, th- that's it for follow up. Let's let's move on. Nick, you can keep reading, Nick. But Mike, you wanted to talk about paywalls, and I think you've wanted to do this for a little while. Uh, so ad blocking and ad blocking behind paywalls. What's uh What's going on? Well, I don't know if this is recently, but people seem to be getting very uppity about sites that have a have ads period and prevent you from using ad blockers to not see those ads and i i don't know why but it seems that the general public's very entitled to free high quality content and i don't know why there's that expectation because to hire writers costs money Mm -hmm. and to hire good writers costs more money so if you want good content, then you someone has to pay for it. And these sites don't run for free. So to make money, they need ads. But when you block those ads, that defeats the purpose of them. So obviously the site is going to say, hey, you can't read our content if you're not going to buy into the system. So mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't see what the huge issue is. And and paywalls are the same thing. Like, you know, aside from sci- like, you know, academic papers that have paywalls and that's its own thing. But say with, you know, The Onion or Slate or any of those sites that have, you know, X number of free articles per month and after that you have to pay for it, whether it's region-based or not, I I don't think, like, I I understand why they're doing that. I disagree more with paywalls than I do with ads. I'd rather have ads than have a paywall. But I, I understand why they have these paywalls because, again, they'd rather have, you know, 50% readership but 100% payment versus 100% readership and zero to 
you know, 25% payment, whatever. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they need to keep their lights on and to keep generating content, they need to be paying their people. So, uh, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on, on this. I know Rob, you've used ad blockers in the past and you, both you and I have gone around paywalls in various ways. Right. Well, it's not going around a paywall. It's really not. It's, it's a very, very easy, passive way to it's, do it. Yeah. It's yeah. knowing a loophole that right. lets you right. go around, which right. by the way is now closed. At, for not for every i think it still works with slate stuff doesn't it slate is yeah i'm talking yeah. the new york times paywall is the most right. well-known one and they it used to be that if you you just google the headline yeah of wall street journal articles you can go in and if you click on the story through google it would let you through but now it blocks oh it really too. what about the wall street journal i think they had a similar one as we're talking about you just said new york times wait i'm okay i'm thinking of a wall street journal sorry oh, okay <laughs> The Wall Street is Wall Street is in New York. I don't know if you know that. I was just there, uh, but yes, no. I meant the Wall Street Journal. Okay. Um, so here, yeah. I'll, yeah sorry. T- tell me what your thoughts are on this. Uh, the thing that I don't necessarily like, I don't like seeing a paywall. I don't like seeing a thing that says you can't read this unless you pay us. But the weird thing that I'm encountering now more and more is, hey, like a little box. Hey, I see you have an ad blocker installed. Uh, consider putting us on your whitelist, which has slowly transitioned to a pop-up that takes over the entire screen and says, hey, we see you have an ad blocker installed. You can read this if you put us on your ad block whitelist. And that has every time so far I've, I've come across that, I have just closed the window and been like, there's other stuff out there. I don't necessarily need to read this. I haven't had something that I needed to read so much that I was willing to go and either... I, like I have no whitelist on my thing. I just it just sits there and works. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I my only thoughts are I have not seen I've not had content so compelling that for reading I mean that I was willing to turn off adblock in order to read. And that's that's kind of my situation at this point. Mm. I I get that advertising needs to happen, but um. If, it, if you're going to take it so far that you're willing to turn people away who aren't willing to pay, then that's you're going to get some people that are just not going to read your site anymore, and you're going to some people that are going to pay. And if, if that works out financially for you, then that's fine. But if it doesn't, then you have to rethink it. Nick? Um, I'm going to do what I do so very often in this show and reference Planet Money <laughs> and say that, like, no, because honestly, websites are typically treated as free with people like it's just a free thing that you get to read and it's just assumed that like clicks or something or in the parlance (laughs) of south park's blame or blame canada no south park's episode on with uh, canada on strike okay just they just want to get some of that magic internet money you know just give us some (laughs) of that magic internet money and but people get wacky when it comes to things that are free that are suddenly not treated as free. Right. And there's just kind of a, a lack of cognition or a mental block with appreciating that ads are the reason that the site is there for you to enjoy. And yeah, like the money has to come from somewhere. And if the person reading the page is not a revenue stream, then I can see why you would block them from reading the content. Like it totally makes sense, 
but people are up in arms because what this was free before but those ads were annoying so i got something that would stop the ads and how dare you yeah Yeah. like i'm usually fine adding to a whitelist if it's a reputable site Mm -hmm. i basically Mm -hmm. have the ad blocker for you know pop-ups that are going to be malicious in some fashion yeah but yeah so i mean i i get both ends of like I get why people are reacting the way they are. I get why people use Adblock because I use it too. And I also get why sites would say, well, if you want to use an ad blocker, then we're not going to allow you to enjoy the content because you're not going to be part of our revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all just ad blocker is kind of like James Reimer. I think <laughs> it's just not getting the respect deserves and a bunch of sites are like well let's just ship him out then he's not doing anything for us lately and i'm like mm-hmm. why why <laughs> yeah so, so nick that was reaching uh, and mike i guess have you heard of a program called google contributor no this is a thing that i think it's not i think it's just the state so far but what it is is a thing that kind of defeats the defeats the whole paywall structure in that when your site has a paywall, you need people to like your site so much they're willing to pay just to look at your website. And so if I go and want to read all the best things, I'm going to have to pay like 50 different paywalls. Yeah. And like, there's no way it's not my job. Like I I can't subsidize all that reading. I can't subsidize reading every site when I have to pay a separate payoff for each one. So Google contributor is basically a subscription thing that works with Google's ad networks on a bunch of different sites. And so you pay every month and you pay Google contributor and it gives out, it's basically YouTube red for reading in that it, it gives you a subscription fee and any sites you read get a bit of the money that you paid in. And I, it's not available in Canada yet. So I've been looking at it for, it's probably been out for about a year and I guess kind of a beta that right now, if you go to contributor.google.com, you get a join the waitlist pop-up thing and it talks about how the site works or how the, how it works. But uh, that is something that I'd be more kind of, I would at least consider doing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can't, I can't consider paying even like five sites, five or ten dollars a month. I just can't. Yeah. There's some like some paywalls are I think it's like ninety nine cents a month, which is better. But yeah. still, if you want to read any number of actual like websites, like I'm not gonna get all my news from the New York Times or or Wall Street Journal. I can't just do that for every site. Right. And it's kind of the thing where it's a I hate using the, the term slippery slope, but it's like if those kind of sites get successful charging 99 cents a month, every site is going to start doing that. And then my entire RSS feed, like all the feeds are going to be something that's pay 99 cents a piece to see. Right. And so I, I much prefer the kind of YouTube red subscription style thing where you'd have a network of sites that all go put into the system and then whatever gets read the most gets the most money. Just like that seems equitable, but at the same time it, I don't know if it's sustainable like that. 
because it well, requires I mean, also you're you're generating revenue from readers who wouldn't be a revenue gener- generator uh otherwise right yeah it just seems yeah, like a great system yeah it's like a distributed cost type thing because i'll use as an example one hotel we stayed at or we're looking to staying at they had a water park this is in mexico they had a water park um or dominican sorry they had a water park on site but it cost 20 bucks a visit to go there okay even though you're already paying to stay in the hotel it was an additional 20 bucks if you want to go to this water park right and we're saying how easy would it be to tack on an extra dollar a night to every hotel room and just make it free so that Mm -hmm. the people who would use it would be able to go and not have that cost be a barrier and they'd actually get used out of the water park and anyone else who wouldn't use it, they wouldn't notice the cost difference anyway, because it's only an extra mm-hmm. buck on, you know, $120 a night room. So yeah. it, it's a similar kind of concept with this, you know, Google, Google distributor or YouTube red for that matter, where you have a bunch of people paying into it a little bit so that everyone can kind of benefit from it. So, yeah. and, and on that same note, even if you're a smaller site or a smaller YouTube channel, you can still get revenue <coughs> Because you're buying into the system versus still relying on people to subscribe to just your content. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, right? I'll pay, you know, a one-time, you know, couple buck uh, cost for an app or, um, yeah, and, and I'll even like RSS, you know, there's some that say, you know, that parse the content so that you can't read the entire article. You just read the first paragraph. Yeah. And they have to click into the site. I, I, I'm okay with that because I understand that they need that revenue. But yeah, with paywalls, I probably just wouldn't read it. Or I'd try going incognito, see if that works. And if that doesn't work, yep. okay, I guess I can't read it. Yep. Um, the other thing is that a lot of t- sites, especially with tech news and world news, they'll have uh, news other news sites pick up the story and run it. You know, obviously an abbreviated content, but you get yeah. the gist of it anyway and it's free. So... Yep. I think I'd be I'd be fine with that if the other option was paying into a five dollar per month paywall. Yep. So That's also I, like absolutely. the argument for income taxes. A bunch of people contribute a little bit yeah. to make, you know, large so nice projects things. that everyone yeah. can benefit from. Yeah. Can I just say, um, from YouTube Red, Future Chat has made two cents <laughs> in the last twenty eight days. Woo! I thought so. Canadian channels are allowed to buy into YouTube Red, even though YouTube Red isn't in Canada yet. It's just all like if if a YouTube Red subscriber watches our video, oh, um, nice. In the last lifetime since YouTube Red started, four cents. Woo! This trend (laughs) continues (laughs) at this rate. It's it's doubling every month. (laughs) Yes, that's the trend. It's um no it's not it's not doubling per month but it, I understand where that's coming from, uh, yeah it's it's all from the Touch ID video. Oh, it's not even Future Chat, Rats. or is that a Future Chat video? It's on the Future Chat channel. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, it's an interesting model. I'm I'm intrigued to see kind of when it if it if and when it launches more globally. I know there are a lot of sites like Nine to Five Mac and Nine to Five Google and all of that that could probably monetize the network in that way. Like if you subscribe to all of their sites, they would give you right 
they would give you the ability to read everything for one flat rate, but but you're still that's locked only into slightly just their better stuff. Yeah, yeah. The odds are it's probably pretty slim that people would want to read Google News and Apple News and Windows News, like all the different sites they have. Yeah, unless they're journalists, and then there there are other places like there are premium kind of subscription things. Like I think there's one called the Information, where it's like four hundred dollars a year, and they have exclusive content like it's really just hey journalists here's news and it's very expensive because it's that's like it's a business like they need to they're trying to attract uh groups of journalists or or big sites that are gonna be willing to pay top dollar for the the news right but it's not really like no individual person is gonna pay more than a dollar a day to have access to this one website to read their content yeah I wanted to talk about academic paywalls because this just kind of happened to be a related story that mm-hmm. I thought of both at the same time. Because there's a, a story that Vox ran where they profiled a person who is compiling a database, I guess, of academic papers that would otherwise be behind paywalls. But she's downloading them and re-uploading them onto her site and making them available for free. Right. And what happens is you'll, they'll get a request for a paper and she'll go search whatever paper sites that she has, use logins that have reportedly been donated (laughs) and download the paper, re-upload them on her site and offer it for free. Right. So there's obviously a bit of a turnaround time on that, but if you don't really care, then I guess this site does what it needs to. Right. And it obviously is under a lot of criticism because she's essentially doing something illegal. And the only reason she's not being able to be persecuted is because prosecuted, not persecuted. I was going to um, say a little bit of both. Maybe. <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> is that sure her site is hosted off, like not offshore, but uh, okay. internationally in a place where those laws don't apply, at least the US laws. So mm. uh, similar to Mega, Mega Upload. Was the latest? Yeah, one and Pirate Bay and all that. Yeah, all those. But Mega Upload with what's his face? He's Kim.com? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um I just remember reading a profile on him recently. But <laughs> yeah, his was a similar type thing where he was It still is. Is he still? Mega, yeah. Is Mega Upload still a thing? Okay. Just it's just called Mega now. But I don't think he's necessarily involved with it no, anymore. No. He's living in Australia, I think. Yeah. New Zealand or something. <laughs> it's a mansion. Um, yes. But anyway, this this other site is doing the same thing for academic papers, and it's kind of along the same lines. I understand why there's paywalls, but I think with this, with academic stuff in general, there's a lot more, I don't want to call it scamminess, but it's it's very, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. Horrifically expensive, prohibitively expensive, unless you Pro- have academic credentials. Yeah, Prohibitively yeah. expensive is is one way to put it. The other thing is that the creators of the content aren't even seeing any benefit from a lot of these paywalls. Right. Because – Not at all. Not if at all. So that's the other thing that sucks because, yeah, if, if I was contributing to, you know, the scientist program by buying his paper, I'd be a lot more inclined to, to do that. But these are going to – these, you know, sites that exist solely to offer these papers, you know, for a fee – to people who are trying to do research and 
it's one thing people who are trying to, you know, download music or watch videos or whatever, but this is like people trying to do actual, you know, constructive things for society and they're being kind of prevented by it because of these paywalls. Right. But Dr. Carolyn Higman run once authored a paper, which she did not have access to at the university <laughs> of Ottawa. <laughs> so yeah, she wrote the thing and then went, Oh, Hey guys. Um, can anyone actually read this? Cause it's behind a paywall for me, which is just, mm-hmm. just absurd. Yeah. The, so interestingly, I think we've talked about this before, but NSERC, if you get NSERC funds or any of the, I think any of the tri-council, SHRC, NSERC, or CIHR, if you get a grant, you have to make your articles freely available after 12 months. So you can submit them to any journal you want. Um, but it either has to be an open access journal from the beginning or you, like after 12 months, you have to make a digital copy available online for free. Hmm. Where's that uh, library? Or just uh, anywhere it, online? It, you have to just make it anywhere online, yeah. Okay. So I know like Dave Bryce, my old supervisor, just keeps a copy of, like a PDF copy of every paper he's published on his website. So that I think that normally would be what you'd end up doing unless you submit to an open access journal. Right. But it's all... Like I, I really like that because again, like mine, my paper is behind a paywall, and so the only way I can see it is to through Dave's site. Hey, Rob, what's your Airdish number? I don't know. Small. No, wait, big. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> I was gonna say it'd be big. big. Yeah. Do you, do you, you should look up your bacon bacon number too. Have you ever heard of Graham's number? I think it's yes. slightly bigger. You think your Airdish numbers are bigger than Graham's number? Yeah. No, you're probably closer than you think. <laughs> That's the whole point, is that a lot of people's numbers are lower than they'd think because Airdish has written so many papers and co-authored so many papers. But Am I, Maybe I'm thinking of impact factor. You're probably thinking of impact factor. Airdish number yeah. is the degrees of separation from someone who's co-authored with Airdish. Okay. Is there like a site to look that up? Probably. Okay. <laughs> It depends how obscure the authors of your paper have been. But if you right. if you co-authored Dave Bryce and Dave Bryce has co-authored a bunch, then he's yeah. probably got something. That's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anything else to say on paywalls or ad block? I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, in that case, I don't know. I, I wanted to talk with you guys about diet, like just in general and... I know we've talked about this in the past, like the the terribleness of diets. Uh, this week, I came across, <laughs> this is kind of, it's a story about how a scientific study was flawed and terrible, um, talking about the paleo diet and how one of the studies that they did to prove that it was like a, a reasonable diet and a good thing to do is just completely flawed. And that the paleo diet, if you actually adhere to it properly, might be really dangerous. Uh, not only making you unhealthy, but making you actively worse off than if you had just kind of eaten even junk food. And I just... <sighs> dieting, the, the, the diet that I have been on for the last six months hasn't been necessarily easy, but it's been literally all about willpower and analytics really like for for the last six months and a bit since the beginning of july i have literally weighed myself at least once a day 
to the point that I now know no matter how much I eat or sorry, not no matter how much I eat, but I can know if I given a certain amount that I eat, what weight I will be the, the, the following day. And so I can very much control. I can say, I'm a little bit hungry right now. It's 7 p.m. But if I eat right now, I will gain X amount of weight or not lose X amount of weight. So if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to lose weight, which I'm not necessarily trying to do anymore, I know exactly what I need to do to make that happen because I now kind of have my body pegged. And I, basically, I, I want to talk a little bit about having an actual diet, like a quote unquote diet where you follow a set of rules that someone else has laid out because it worked for them or because they're trying to sell you whatever diet versus finding a set of foods you eat or a, a way you eat that makes you feel good. And Nick, I know you, I wouldn't say you necessarily dieted, um, but you used physical activity like cycling a lot. And I mean, being laid up in a bed for a while obviously helped at least a little bit. But uh, what, what was your experience in, in dieting while you were like, while you were doing all that biking? I'm not sure which specific time period you're well, referring there were, to. There were two, right? There were two main lots of bike periods. There was one yeah, where you were yeah. the, the instructor and then there was one when you had your bike and you were back in Ontario. Actually, that was, so there would be, I mean, this past summer I lost a lot of weight too because I was an instructor mm. again and I had right. just gotten out of school in which I sat all day in, fr- in <laughs> class and then came home and sat down and studied in the yeah. evening. Then when I was exhausted of all that, I'd sit with Kaya. And so it just <laughs> became incredibly sedentary. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I definitely normalized at a higher weight when I was cycling back in Ontario than when I was cycling with kids all day. Okay. Cause part of the thing with cycling with kids all day was, um, like it, I don't know if this is a common experience to many people, but like lunches and snack times, like you have regular snack times cause you're with children. And so you just trying to set a good example. So you'd eat like an apple or a piece of fruit or something like that. Okay. But you eat many of them over the course of the day. Yeah. And like being hot and being actively exerting yourself, it, I found it suppressed appetite. So even, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like I'd usually pack something for lunch in like a bean soup or hummus sort of thing because I found that like the what for whatever reason that helped keep me full and energetic better than other foods. Right. But I couldn't eat a whole lot of it. So it was just kind of an ideal situation for just shedding a lot of weight over mm-hmm. a couple months. And I mean more recently I've been shedding body fat, but it's more from doing strength training and trying to build lean mass rather than, right. Rather than, uh, you know, through just tons of cardio cause I'm working shift work and my it's, I guess it's well known that people that sh- do shift work is less so for me, but more for around the clock shift work. They tend to have, uh, a higher body fat percentage because you can't, plan your meals as you normally would sure um what did you ask what was my experience with 
Yeah, I just like because for me, the thing that I found most successful, like you counting calories is is fine, but and like Weight Watchers, there, there are all these programs that can help some people lose weight. But for me, the most important thing that I found is physically just literally weighing your food like and i I don't mean necessarily with a scale but like keeping track of how much food you've actually eaten by weight not by calories is the most important thing like i could eat a whole bunch like if i ate three pounds of celery i would gain weight but i wouldn't i wouldn't gain more weight if i ate three pounds three pounds of potato chips it was literally the weight that mattered and maybe celery is not a great example because it's a lot of water but um like extending that metaphor to like i don't know green peppers like if i ate a lot of food no matter whether it was healthy food or unhealthy food it was equal so if i ate a, if i had a day where i didn't eat that much and but what i ate was junk food i still didn't gain weight from it that, that doesn't make sense why not well i mean i think i think in that scenario you would you would notice a much higher correlation with stool mass than you would with your overall mass. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I that, that's that's the th- that's the point. It's like not all weight is equal. No, not all weight is necessarily equal, but I find that it's much more equal than I had previously assumed. That's what I've found. Oh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, but you're like that's ignoring Oh, sorry. I think that's paying more attention to noise than signal is the best yeah. analogy I can come up with. I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about every day. I think overall you're you're better off eating healthy food. And and like my my data bears that out, but I'm saying like if you're going to have a kind of cheat day where you eat junk food, if you don't eat a lot of junk food, you're still going to come out okay as opposed to just kind of eating a ton of anything i i guess because i i mean the flaw in that argument would be if i ate i don't know 500 grams of the black bean soup that i love so much yeah i feel like the overall trend would be better for my health than if i ate 500 grams of butter every day yeah just Absolutely. because caloric density. Yeah. But that wouldn't necessarily follow the, you know, the argument of mass, massive stuff eaten translating to body mass. Yeah. Because that's not necessarily body mass. That's just like, sorry, it's not mass intrinsic to your body. It's mass that's yeah. traveling through you and being digested. Yes. Right. I th- I think the main takeaway is just everything in moderation. That's that's really the whole including because, moderation because extremes extremes on either end your argument falls apart i mean it's not necessarily as strong i don't know if it falls apart like for for me basically what i've been doing the last at least two months but possibly longer is throughout the week i'll be very good at keeping control of the amount that i eat and then on weekends as opposed to allowing myself to just eat whatever I want a lot, I will just eat, I'll still eat healthy food, but I'll eat more of it. And that totally, like it, def- it completely defeats the week of effort almost. Like it, it brings me almost back up to where I was. 
But at that point, like, if you're not trying to lose weight, then why would you care? Well, I agree. And so there's a balance point there where uh, what I need to do is either normal, like having a weekend where my eating habits match my week is probably the hardest part. And so what I basically have to do to stay at the exact kind of in the same weight neighborhood as I am now and eat the way I do on weekends, which I found very difficult to change because I'm, you know, I'm with people and you kind of have to conform to their eating to a certain degree. Well, you still want to just enjoy life. <laughs> but that's the thing is that I don't, I don't not enjoy life. Like I've found going and eating an entire bag of chips is delicious, but it's not worth it in the end for the way I feel afterwards. Right. And that, that's where it comes back to your point about moderation. Right. But what I would have to do to eat the same way I have been on weekends, again, which I found hard to change, is I have to compensate for that by eating correspondingly less during the week. So like the weekend, I'll jump back up to, as an example, like around 210. And then by by the following Friday, I will have worked it back down to about 205, 206. And then on the weekend, it'll go back up to 210. That sounds more like water weight if it's yeah increasing that much like you need to do some curve smoothing with your <laughs> with your weight data i i have well no i have been doing curve smoothing like, like that's why on well, my like on my website i have the my weight graph i have a 10 day average where really it goes up or down by a pound but like the day-to-day variance isn't that much but over the course of the week that's what it literally ends up looking like yeah, is that it goes up and down like that. And I, I understand that the actual trend is smoother, but physically that's how I feel. So I'm just going to go back and like re-describe my weight loss experiences because like mm-hmm. working at bike camp is just the perfect storm of losing weight just yeah. because you're you're physically active all the time and eating – the chances of eating are limited, one. And two, like the – eating isn't necessarily as appealing as it would be otherwise just because you don't feel like it. Right. But like, yeah, the other times when I've lost weight or like recently when I'm losing inches or body fat percentage, it's more, it's more that I'm trying to pay attention to calories one. Mm-hmm. And I'm also trying to pay attention to the quality of what I'm eating and how it's going to affect me later. So like, you know, choosing the whole grain stuff over the white stuff, like be it bread, tortillas, whatever, because the, you know, the stuff that's fuller of fiber is going to keep you full for longer and it's just going to affect your perception. It might be higher in calories, but how you'll feel, like how sated you'll feel is disproportionate to the amount of calories it is or the increased number of calories. Yeah, Um, for sure. But yeah, it's diet and exercise, man. That's yeah. on on Thursdays I'm playing volleyball now and I definitely notice that when 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock rolls around, I'm really hungry unless I've played volleyball that evening and then I'm just not like I'm completely fine. So I really want to like going out and, and biking the way I did last summer and fall was really great because I got to feel that way every day where I felt like even if I hadn't eaten that much during the course of the day, I could eat a small dinner and I'd be fine. 
that's one thing he suppresses appetite. And so when you exercise, you tend to increase your internal yeah. or your core temperature. And so it just, yeah. you don't feel as hungry despite burning more calories. Right. Also fun note on exercise. I went to the come and try sec- session for the Calgary Kangaroos Aussie rules foot or AFL club. Yeah. Aussie rules yeah. football. Yeah. A lot of fun. The, the balls are very strange. It's like rugby balls. <laughs> Once they, you can try your damnedest when you have control of the thing, but the minute it hits the floor and bounces, it's just, it's Monte Carlo. It could be yeah. anywhere. Yeah, for sure. And so, that's my, that's my two cents on that matter. Are you going to do it or are you, you just went to see what it was like? Uh, well, I had a lot of fun, so I'd like to do more of it, but I mean, given that this is the first athletic thing or the first team-based sport I've ever even looked at with passing interest, like they have ample opportunity to go and train with the team. You don't necessarily make the team, but you can train with them. And so, you know, you can keep going to training sessions until you feel like you're ready to, you know, be a full-fledged member and potentially join one of the teams. Hmm. Right. One of the neat things hmm. about the one in t- like here in town, the organization kind of swells and then divides into more teams as more players become available. Right. It's really nice. Hmm. You know what I find odd? I was waiting to see if this happened again. At noon, every Sunday, your internet speed seems to drop precipitously. Like you're okay now, you didn't freeze or anything, but there was a noticeable drop in quality and like it got a little bit glitchy. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> Maybe we should just be starting at eight o'clock every every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's related to you, like your internet, or if it's like your building, or if it's the city. I like it, it I think the I think it's around ten o'clock on a Sunday in Calgary, and so people are just starting to wake, wake up, up and stream whatever now. <laughs> right. <laughs> they've activated the netflix right well nick i'm told you have to get to work do you uh i get to wrap up to get to work sorry can can we keep your stories because i I was looking through and they seem interesting can we can we get to them next week yeah absolutely that i want to uh credit my writing staff kaya for (laughs) two-thirds of those stories what did she write i'm very i don't think writing staff is the right word like put research my research, research team. staff, yeah. Mm. And also made me breakfast the past two weeks. Oh, Just wow. Just set it down beside me while I was with you guys. So It's very nice. It's incredibly nice. That's my <laughs> research team. <laughs> research and breakfast. Well, I mean, I can't fully podcast on an empty stomach. No, no of course not. This morning was uh, hummus and a bagel. Oh, that's nice. That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, in that case, thanks for listening to Future Chat this week. We'll be back next week with more science and tech talk. And you can find past episodes of the show and more at unwindmedia.com slash future chat. See you next time. Ciao. Toodaloo. Oh, man. I, I forgot to mention it, but there's a YouTube video that was all over Reddit this week. Did you see How to Lose Weight in Four Easy Steps? Uh, no, I remember reading a medium post that I think was titled that, but you should, you should watch it. Cause it's surefire method of weight loss. I'm going to go look, um, don't watch it now.
I'll give that. Caveat. I'm not gonna watch it this second. Um, you know what I've noticed that is really weird. What's that? Mashable has become the pl- like they republished the front page of Reddit and like read a little description of what it is. That's all Mashable is right now. Hmm. Well, there's a huge market for people who aren't necessarily on Reddit but would enjoy the top content. Of, of yeah. course, it just, it just seems like such a cop out. <laughs> I've I've decided I've decided I don't like the format of upvoted. The the podcast or upvoting and downvoting on Reddit. Up upvoted the Reddit podcast pu- publishing service like they're oh you know, yeah yeah right okay it's I don't know I I don't like how it's I don't know I I just I'd rather have a nicely formatted Reddit thread without yeah. the extra commentary and narrative that they have in those articles. Fair enough. That's fair. It's not pleasing to me. There's uh, I mean, in hello internet parlance, that would be. You mean it doesn't give you pleasure? <laughs> They're just insistent on using the phrase gives you pleasure or it gives me pleasure. And I'm like, just sounds so dirty. Have you gotten to the naughty episode yet? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all caught up. I don't know if oh, good. Mike is. I want uh, episode two. What? <laughs> no, Mike, no intention of continuing. It's so good. I know, but I don't have time for it. I can oh, keep man. up with my YouTube channels. That's it. It gets much better. Also, they, I am really there's looking There's a YouTube channel. Sorry, how how quickly do you think this is going to get turned around, Rob? Uh, it could be later today. Why? Cuz I'm really curious to hear my, you know, real-time reaction. I hope oh. <laughs> I hope that we don't have to pay like licensing fees to the Fine Brothers. I hope because, <laughs> yeah. because yeah, I reacted live to something on air. <laughs> I wonder if we could make that like clip, even the hangouts one, just go viral. Be like, least fan reacts real time to news of Rhymer one day after it happens. Because <laughs> it was perfect. You're like, what? No, he didn't. Wait, did he? Wait, How, did I miss this? <laughs> no. I was at the Home and Garden show. <laughs> then the hands buried in the face. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. it was great. 